It's Labor Day, Matt. And yet here we are, working. It's a, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tupper. And I'm the step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We love you very, very much. Um, so much. And and you have uh, survived week one, if you're listening to this. You've survived week one. Uh, we had some bouts with weather. Hashtag Warren Weather. We had some bouts with um, with sloppy play. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. We're now, like, it's it's the season now. Like, now yes. it's like, oh, we're into the groove. It's, it's the routine. It's the groove. Although it's it's weird because because it is Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And we're, we've come into the we've come into the palatial Dave Campbell's Texas Football Studios in Louisville to uh, to record this podcast. On a Monday, because we love you. Because we love you. Uh, on, on a day off on a federal holiday. But. Banks are closed, people. Yeah. Banks are closed. You would know. Yes, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, the, I feel like next week. I'll really feel like we're getting it. Yeah, because you want the holiday, you know, fits and starts here. It's like, mm-hmm. and the other thing is that, and we'll get into what I was, what I did all week, all week. But it's like, I'm not normally out and about as much as I was d- during football, and so I'm usually right by my computer, keeping up with everything. Mm-hmm. So it turned out that like we were on scoreboard on Friday night, and I was legitimately finding out scores like as or- they were coming through. organically. Yeah. Like, whoa. Okay. And that happens every once in a while on scoreboard, mm-hmm. but not not all the time. So this is your week two preview edition of Tep and Step. Uh, we appreciate you spending a little bit of your day uh, with us. Uh, we are going to get to a little bit of a week one recap and then, of course, our game draft. But first, Matthew, we must start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Step, there were two teams, two teams in week one let me rephrase. Let me stop because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get six million people on me. Don't do that. Mad step. There were two eleven man teams in Texas high school football this week that scored eighty or more points. Can you name the two leading offenses in the state right now? Crane was one. Crane was one. Crane uh, Crane won eighty to six over to six. Iran. And Jeff, uh, what a debut for Jeff Cordell! My goodness, Crane yeah. putting it on him. Uh, gosh, somebody else scored eighty. They actually scored eighty one. Was it Weatherford? It was Weatherford, the yeah. ruse. Yeah. Because Des Forrest went nuts for yeah. nine touchdowns. You know, for a team that we talked so much about the quarterback play, it ended up being the running back who yeah. stole the show uh, in their big wins. So, somebody scored 79 also. Corpus Christi Miller got 79. Miller scored. In fact, we had uh, 11 teams score 70 or more. Bridgeland, San Augustine, Hull Dicetta, Ganado, Fort Worth Castleberry. Whoa. Did not see that. Baytown Goose Creek Memorial, Tahoka, Newton. Not surprising. Well, kind of surprising. I mean, new pieces, but obviously Newton, something's clicking. Newton's demise has been greatly exaggerated, apparently. So, Corpus Christi, Miller, Crane, and Weatherford. So, there is your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. Weatherford and Crane, the two leading offenses in the state of Texas. Do you think that is sustainable, an 81-point average? Mm, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'm going to say that might, that might uh, you know. Uh, Setting the bar high there, guys. Uh, uh, that might regress to the mean a little bit. So. It's like, you know, you first start dating a girl on the first, the first Valentine's Day. You get her a diamond <laughs> ring, and then 
Well, you set the bar pretty high there, oh, so yeah. yeah. So Weatherford, if you only score seventy six points next yeah. week, we're going to be a little bit yeah. Disappointed. Coach Mathis is going to be calling for your head. <laughs> All right, let's get into real quick our week one review. Uh, it was a, a celebration of Texas high school. Of course, great to be. It was wonderful to be out at games. It was just good to be back, man. It was. Like it was being out there. You know what? What? Okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story about my my week uh, at uh, as far as Fox Sports Southwest Texas football days. Um, so I got in a car on Friday. Or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, and went to Mason. Um, and let me tell you about Mason, Texas. The, if you are looking, I know that people think of Friday Night Lights and think of like Odessa Permian, and I get it because that is like. But 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 one thing to remember is that Odessa Permian's a big school, and it's always been a big school. Yeah, because Odessa is a big city. This is the quintessential Texas high school football town. I have never been in a town that screams Texas high school football more than Mason, Texas. Yeah. And it's not just the stadium. The stadium is. <laughs> Unbelievable, by awesome. the way. It's yeah. so good, and the visuals are so good. Um, it hit me when we went out to the set on Wednesday. I took a picture. I was like, we're going to freaking do a game at the Puncher Dome. Yeah. Um, but the whole town, like the enrollment at Mason is like 160-ish, uh, maybe maybe close to 200. But as a result, for the pep rally, as, as is the case in a lot of small towns, uh, they invite everyone. Like, if you're just in town, you want to come to the pep rally, yeah. you can. For the elementary school kids are there, probably. All the elementary school. Everyone in Mason ISD is there, yeah. plus just community members who just show up. And so it was a big crowd there at the at the pep rally. And then they go from the pep rally to our Clinton Shell Stadium. And, and on the way, it is a caravan, and everyone is honking. And if you're not in the caravan, you're out on your patio waving to them. They call it the honk parade. Yeah, It's so stinking cool. And there was tailgating outside. Somebody made us some bacon-wrapped sirloin, which was... Oh, my gosh. Yes, Matt. It's heaven. (sighs) Hashtag blessed. It was so good. And then then the game started. What, you you didn't turn down the bacon-wrapped sirloin for your diet? Well, I took I I, uh, I took took a couple. I had you partook. A, I had a cheat day. Yeah, uh, and so I would too for bacon wraps sirloin. Yes. Uh, so then the game starts, and uh, for the first time since 2010, for the first time since Matthew Kerr, the starting quarterback for Mason, was eight years old, uh, Mason lost at home. Yeah, and they didn't lose. They got dominated by a wall team that. Wall made a statement. I think, considering, and I don't want you know, one thing that you're going to hear a lot from us in this episode and, and in the next couple of episodes is that we don't want to over exaggerate single data points uh, before we have a ton of data. And we do because it's week one, it's the, and it's the only data point. Correct. Yeah. But if you want to tell me that Wall is the new favorite in Region One of Three A Division One, uh, if you want to tell me that they have usurped Brock as the favorite there. I can buy it. Yeah, I can buy it. Mm-hmm. They looked the part. Yeah. Mason Fuchs, which, by the way, it's Mason Fuchs. That's how you pronounce it. You want to talk about a bear trap. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really enunciate that well on, on, on you know, when, when, you're, when you're broadcasting oh, a game, boy. you got to really enunciate that, that was thing. A, uh, that was a I bear trap. I thought it was trap. Fuchs, but. It is not. It's Fuchs. It's Fuchs. Rhymes, it rhymes with books. Fuchs. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> and I only had, to, of course, he had a great game, and so I only had to say it a hundred times. Yeah. Anyway. You didn't get um, dumped? <laughs> no, I did not get dumped. But they looked the part. That all, they're big. Yeah, they're really they're big for a three A Division one team. That's exactly it, and and I mean they were always going to be bigger than Mason because they're bigger you know, school. They're yeah. bigger school, but man, they were big. 
Uh, and then afterwards, we went to Fifth Quarter at the Church of Christ, and we had tavern burgers. And, and because and everyone was there, and we talked with Coach McLeod at the at the game. It was such a wonderful experience in Mason. And then getting the, uh, I get th- two hours of sleep. Actually, hold on. I'll tell. I, we're on the premium podcast. I can tell yeah. you the story. So, Hardigan and I, Aaron Hardigan and I, get done at um, at the uh, the fifth quarter at the Church of Christ, and we go back to the hotel. It's about midnight, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to get in the car at six a.m. Um, that's not bad. I can go. I can get five and a half hours of sleep. It's not not bad. Not bad. I've had worse. Right. We're walking. We're walking through the palatial Holiday Inn Express mm-hmm. uh, breakfast room in Brady, Texas, and there, sitting in the um, in the breakfast room. Around a cooler of beer are Mark Followell, who called the game and did a great job. Shea Walker, like the producer, the director, all these guys. Plus, um, the executive producer of Fox, Jason Walsh, mm-hmm. who is basically like my boss's boss's boss. Not quite the top of the heap at Fox Sports Southwest, but he and the guy who are at the top of the heap hang out a lot. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, come on over. And what am I going to do? You tell those guys no. I'm yeah. going to tell those guys no. Yeah. So it ended up being 1.30 before I went to bed. Yeah. Uh, 5.30 came along. I got in the car, head to um, head home, and then – so this is a premium-only story. So you may remember there's big weather that rolled through Texoma land there and was, North Texas. Yeah, we, we had some storms about Friday about 3, 3.30 they rolled through. Right. So I had to be at the pep rally in Denison for promotional stuff at 3 o'clock. Get my car. Uh, get my car about one. I'll have myself way too much time to get up there, which is good because there's a little bit of traffic and mm-hmm, weather and stuff, mm-hmm. but get up there in time for the pep rally. Pep rally's great. Denison, they were fired up for this game. <laughs> as, as they typically are. I'm um, sure, and I'm sure Sherman was equally as fired up. They, they certainly were. Yeah. And so get there. While I'm at the pep rally, get a text from my producer. Hey, man, because of weather, we're going to do pregame in the studio back in Irving. Okie dokie. Get back in my car. Drive back to Irving. That is about, an, for those who don't know, that's about an hour and 20 minute drive. It's about a 75 mile drive. Yeah. Drive there. If you don't hit traffic. Right. Finish up pregame. Hey man, we're going to do half, t- uh, the weather's cleared up. We're going to do halftime and postgame back out in Sherman. Get back in my car. <laughs> Head back up there. Uh, Fox yeah. didn't give you the jet? No, no, I did not get the or, jet. Or the, or the helicopter? No. Uh, and so I logged, put some miles under the tires, but I'll tell you, the Battle of the Axe, as advertised. Bucket list item, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and especially, that is, it, like, they, they it, it sold out, obviously, but beyond it selling out, uh, if you've never been to the stadium, it nuzzles up right next to the highway, but then there are these areas that are just kind of fenced off. It actually feels – I was kind of explaining to people. It kind of felt like a, a, a stadium you'd see in the middle of Dallas or in the middle of Houston. There, it's almost, there's almost like a like an in-the-middle-of-the-city feel to it because yes. it is so cramped. Kind of downtownish. Yeah, yeah, kind of downtownish. But there were people lined up like four, five, six deep all around that fence line oh, yeah. um, just for the game. And it was an unbelievable atmosphere. Denison – J.D. Price is, as advertised, that this uh, Zalion, I think it's Zalion Wimbish, their quarterback, is fast. And they get their seventh consecutive axe. It was great, great night, great great week of high school football in Fox Sports Southwest. I was pr- proud to be a part of it. Um, you were at three games? Four. Four games. Four, of made it to four games, yeah, okay. of course. Um, none of my games were uh, super competitive uh, for the first three. Um, 
uh, McKinney Boyd and Joe McBride's debut mm-hmm. uh, rolled past Naaman Forrest and Jesse Perales' debut at Naaman Forrest. Got to see McKinney's beautiful stadium. Um, and? It is, it's, it's as expected. It's really nice. Uh, Sean Pratt, the AD at McKinney ISD, gave me the uh, full tour of the place and uh, told me they are open for business come playoff time this year. Um, Friday, went down to Stephenville for Argyle-Stephenville and saw Tarleton's new stadium. And it is really nice. Is it? It's they, they did a great job at the remodel. Um, they're hoping to get a lot of playoff games there as well. Got a tour of that place as well. Super, super nice. Um, and Argyle looked the part as they yeah. blew Stephenville out. Um, very dominant. Got to hang out with Aaron Hardigan for a little while. And, that, all, and that offense, I feel like the underrated thing about them is that offensive line. Both Their offensive and defensive lines were just dominant mm-hmm. um, all, all night long. And so Argyle definitely li- lived up to the billing. Uh, Friday, I headed down to Waco, or Saturday morning, headed down to Waco ISD for Hutto and West Mesquite. And, uh, you know, Hutto's offense graduated a lot, but they've got a new sophomore quarterback who looked good. And their defense, which is very experienced, uh, looked the part, and they, they dominated West Mesquite. It ended up being 41-21, but mm-hmm. it was 41-7. Yeah. In the four, I mean, Hutto pulled their starters in the fourth quarter. West Mesquite got a couple of uh, window-dressing what touchdowns. What was the, the, quarterback for, the new quarterback, sophomore quarterback for Get, uh, Grayson Doggett. It looked very good. Yeah, when it, when he had time to th- and set his feet and make throws, he can make all the throws. Mm-hmm. He 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 looks the part. He threw he threw an early interception, got a route jumped um, in the first quarter, and set up West Mesquite's touchdown. They took a seven nothing lead right at the start of the game. And after that, he settled down and was. I think I think at halftime he was like thirteen of seventeen for like one eighty five. I mean, just very efficient. Um, look good. Um, and then Saturday night drove uh, from Waco back up to South Dallas to Kincaid Stadium for Dallas Carter and Houston Yates. Uh, Carter won that fifteen to six, and uh, it was uh, not the cleanest or most well played game, but it was competitive at least. It was six six in the fourth quarter, so uh, it was you, you just felt like Carter let a few. You know, Carter is probably clearly the better team and let a few opportunities slip away with mistakes, but uh, they got the win, and hopefully they can clean some stuff up. So. A nice uh, four game week for me. The just kind of uh, well, you know, the the bigger picture for for week one, uh, we had four state champs go down. North Shore beat North Shore lost to Katie. Denton Geyer beat Alito. Um, uh, Mason lost to Wall, mm-hmm. and then Strawn lost to Borden County. Uh, I would say, you know, everyone was calling the North Shore loss an upset. I don't. I don't know. A, sm- a slight I, upset. A s- small. Not- up- I mean, I, 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 I guess technically, Katie w- or North Shore was the favorite, and so they it were. is technically an upset. Yeah. I mean, I kind of. It wasn't earth shattering. No, I, I kind of reserve that that word for like you know, uh, Chapel Hill over Crandall, for example, yeah. which we were getting blown up by Jeff Reardon. Yes, yes. Uh, because the the computer <laughs> projections, because because remember, computer projections are lar- in in the early part of it are largely based on what you've done the past couple of years. It's a lot more room for error. Yes, and Tyler Chapel Hill has been pretty bad the past couple mm-hmm. of years, and Crandall has been pretty good. Uh, I believe they were thirty-one point fi- underdogs. Yeah, and Crandall won by forty-two. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Chapel Hill won by forty-two. 42. Well, the commuter didn't count for Chapel Hill. You know, they got a you know with Reardon getting hired. It's hard to account for that. And then you factor in uh, Reardon's uh, one of his top assistants, Charlie Coker, just happens to have a son who is a quarterback who started at Crosby last year. Mm-hmm. So now Chapel Hill adds a five A quarterback uh, at a good team last year at Crosby to their to their roster, and then. They also got back their Division One running back in Kalen Griffin, who transferred back to Chapel Hill from Brook Hill. Yes, so it's hard. The computer yeah. can't account for that. But so in any case, it'll it'll over it'll, it'll correct itself now with the data point. Um, Geyer Geyer beating Alito, I think, was 
is more positive for Geyer than it is negative for Alito. Yeah, I mean, Alito, defense, there's some questions there. Defense but Geyer, I think defense is going to be an issue, though. But Geyer's really, really good offensively. They are really good offensively. So to take, and back to North Shore, I just yeah. want to say, I'm not super... You could tell that, that not having Shadrach Banks... Yeah, it hurt them. You could tell they were missing that. That that was a big blow. They just were not as explosive offensively. They, so. they need that known commodity on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for for Denton Geyer, um, and and for Alito, if you, the rankings are out now, um, and you'll see that we kept Alito number one, and we talked about it. We were like, okay, well, you know, it's a three point loss to a state ranked six A stuff like that. Here's what I will say: I will, I will, I think that the gap has narrowed now. And I think that you, I think if you want to consider the gap narrowed between Alito and everybody in the field, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. But I'm not ready to say that they're not the best team in five a division. You lose two. by three to a top ten six a. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then we talked about Wallen Mason, and then the uh, Strawn and Borden County is not an upset. That's a, that's a D two over a D one. Uh, in fact, Strawn lost that game last year too. Mm-hmm. So um, not necessarily an upset. The other the other results I want to I want to pick up on real quick. Arlington Martin over Lake Travis. You know, bef- I heard some rumblings last week, and we, we don't put a ton of stock into scrimmages, but mm-hmm. I'd heard some rumblings that the, that Martin scrimmaged Duncanville before the season started, and and from all accounts went toe to toe at Duncanville yeah. in a very intense playoff. Like it's hard to say playoff, but the, it was intense <laughs> yeah. for a scrimmage. So um, taking that data point and now taking this data point. Martin and we thought Martin was going to be better. Make no yeah. mistake about it. We we knew they would be better this year, but they've really early on they they've they're, they they look good. And I'll tell you what, they play Hebron on Thursday, um, and that is going to be a that that's a game that that I won't be at, but I've got circled. And I'll be I'll be watching it uh, for sure. So that that was you go to Lake Travis and beat Lake Travis. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. But you go to Lake Travis and beat beat them by twenty one and beat them convincingly. You've got my attention, and they have made a major leap into the state rankings. Um, I thought Mission's win over Vets was really impressive yeah, in they, the way they, they dominated. Did it. Yeah, they crushed them. And mm-hmm. look, I mean, obviously, we mentioned it last week. Losing, you know, you don't Landry Gilpins don't grow on trees. Yeah, and he obviously we we were talking about it last year during the season that he co- he does so much for that team that. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily a surprise to see them struggle out of the gate with a new offense. Um, I thought Jefferson over Pittsburgh was really impressive. Yeah, Jefferson lost a lot. I, I, both teams lost a lot, but it's clear that Jefferson's handled the uh, is re, re, at least retooled a little faster than uh, Pittsburgh. For uh, sure. And then two two games out in the Tyler area. Um, I thought Tyler Lee over Marshall was impressive. Yes, that's that's really impressive. Lee for, is improved. For uh, and then staying in that same district, Mesquite Horn beats John Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, Mesquite Horn for all the drama we had in the off season about that coaching about the the because that job held open for a while if I remember correctly. Um, there at Mesquite Horn, that is that's a great way to start to go and beat John Tyler. Yes, and by the way, who's John Tyler got this week? Uh, they have, they play Lee. Play it's Lee. A, it's, it's the Rose City Showdown. I gotta tell you, and then they play Longview. Yeah. They could be staring 0-3 in the it's face. It's possible, yeah. Uh, one last thing before we move on. Uh, a shout-out, congratulations to uh, the great Denny Faith uh, yeah. there at Albany. They beat Colorado City. Uh, they He gets win number 300. I actually ran into – I did not know this. Do you know uh, his his oldest son, Aaron, is on the staff at Mason? I didn't know he was on, at Mason. I knew he was a coach, but I didn't know he was I ran Mason. into him at that fifth quarter thing. I ran into him, and he was like, hey, I'm, I'm Aaron Faith. And I go, hi, nice to meet you. And I start looking at him – and all those Faith boys kind of look alike. Mm-hmm. And it's a guy named Faith in Texas high school football 
and he start his first name starts with an A because it was Aaron, Adam, and God, what was it? Alex? Alex, that's it. Yeah, Aaron, Adam, and Alex. And I'm like, wait, Diddy's boy? He's like, yeah, I'm the oldest one. I'm like, oh, so yeah. Um, but anyway, congratulations. Uh, a, a, we were on milestone watch for Denny Faith. He gets it out of the way, yep. week one. So congratulations to him. All right, Matthew, let's get to our draft. It is week two of the Texas high school football season. We've got big games all across the state. Big games. I would say across all classifications, too. Good slate. It's not as big as last year or last week, I would say. It's still quality. It is still a very quality slate. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the coin flip beforehand. I won the coin flip. Dang it. And with the number one pick in the week two draft, Greg Tepper will take Argyle at Wake of La Vega. This is the game of the week. I'm sorry. Like I, I, There are other great games we're going to get to. In fact, I think there's about... There's about 14 legit bangers out mm-hmm. there, I would say. Um, this is, to me, unquestionably the number one thing. And I think it's worth mentioning off the, off the top that this is probably the first of two meetings. It would be pretty sur- – actually, at this point, it would be pretty surprising if it wasn't. Yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. I mean – They're so, going to play either e- – now, e- either in the third or fourth round. Because, right. I mean, I don't think Argyle win- winning district is a uh, given with uh, how Paris played last week. Sure. Which we may mention that later on, but yeah. Paris Paris went toe to toe at Pleasant Grove, and mm-hmm. I think they've proven that they're they can compete. So, but Argyle, Argyle, I saw him last week, and 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 Bo Hogaboom was was he was in he was in November form, yeah. in week one. He, he looked he great. That carved whole, up Stephenville. Alex Gonzalez is a new receiver to know for them. Um, I don't know, and you saw him. I don't know if they have the running game they've had the past couple of years, but I also don't know if it matters. You know, Tito Bice played a lot. Um, yeah. n- they rotated a, a two, him and another back, so I don't know if Bice is banged up or if they just try to rotate some or, guys. Or, or they just felt like they could hurt Stephenville in the passing game, and that that was that was where the where the weakness was because they didn't. You know, he he looked fine. I mean, he didn't look. Uh, slow or anything and he he had a night he had a decent game but definitely didn't carve it up but it, it was it was bo hogaboom and that offensive line giving him all day to throw the ball um those receivers they don't have any burners or anything but but they run tr- tremendous routes they, they're, they're all good size they catch the football and that defensive line uh was dominant they they yeah. they were in Cade renfro's face from the jump uh steamville could not run the football very well they made him one-dimensional and, and and they struggled well and this is what makes it interesting is that when you Talk about La Vega, you're fundamentally talking about a team that prides itself on being the nastiest, fiercest, most physical team out there. That they hit you, and they hit you, and they hit you. Well, in a lot of ways, I would say last year, and and, and generally speaking, La Vega has been able to beat Argyle because, when it counts, because they have been more physical. Mm-hmm. Well, the Argyle, that's why the Argyle offensive defensive line looking so good is so intriguing to me. That here's La Vega, they do what they do, okay? Mm-hmm. They're going to run the ball. Elisha Cummings is the new guy that you need to know. Ran for 121 and two scores. Um, but you know the, the defense. The defense looked as advertised against yeah. Medina Valley. I mean, they they it's a Don Hyde coach defense. You yes. know what you're getting. They're, 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 yeah. they're going to be excellent defensively. Um, so my question is going to be then: What happens when the La Vega offense has the field? Are they able to run the ball? Because if you, you remember last year, they split these two meetings. Argyle won the regular season. La Vega obviously won the playoff matchup. And La Vega in the second one, basically the difference was they were able to run the ball. Yeah. Like they mostly weather was they, nasty. And, they got and John Richards back. Them, yeah, yeah, it just fit them fit them very well. Um, I want to see if they're able to run the ball. And I know there is some 
let's say, intrigue at the quarterback spot for La Vega. Yeah, it, this is bold. I mean, I talked about it uh, privately in our Slack chat. So uh, last year, Aaron Rawls III was the quarterback at La Vega and led them to the state championship. Started all 16 games at quarterback, went 15-1 and uh, as a sophomore, Looked the part. And I would say looked really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, Landry Kinney moved, uh, transferred in midseason from Denton High to uh, La Vega. His mother uh, works at La Vega. I believe she's the cheerleader sponsor, if memory serves me correctly. Um, so he moved in with his mom and uh, you know is, was ruled eligible and played. Um, I think he, he, was, he started in the secondary, I know, in the playoffs. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he probably, when he came in, as soon as he was eligible, he started. But he... He started both of the uh, playoff games that I saw La Vega play in. Um, Kenny played quarterback at Denton High as a sophomore and as a junior before he transferred. So he, he you know, in the Kenny name, you know, his brother GJ Kenny. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad's a coach. Um, I don't think I'm not sure if his dad's on staff at La Vega or not, but um, GJ, it, you know, Kenny played in the NFL mm-hmm. a little bit, so very talented quarterback. Played at Tulsa. Landry's a quarterback and had a good sophomore season at Denton. Don Hyde. And in 7-on-7, seven seven, I saw it. They were rotating quarterbacks. Kenny and Rawls were both seeing action at quarterback. Um, Hyde made the decision to go with Kenny at quarterback and move Rawls to the secondary. It's bold. It's, I mean, it's bold I mean, for sure. I mean, I'm not sure I'd have the stones to do it because I mean, Rawls the, led him to a state title. That's the thing is that you're talking about moving a state championship quarterback to a different position. Now, look, if... If Kenny is the better quarterback and Rawls is versatile enough, which we believe he is, he's versatile enough to be an impact player in the secondary, then moving these guys is the right move. It's just a little it's the optics of it are very, very interesting. Yeah. And and you're right, it's bold. Now, obviously, he, you know, Don Hyde's got a little bit of, of capital to play with here in the community. That, yes. You know, he's, he, he can roll the dice. And the great news for him is that, let's say Landry Kenny does struggle, feels and like you can probably pull Aaron Rawls back and, and, and then say, put Landry back in the secondary. That's exactly you know, right. You can just switch it back out to what it was last year. So, But I am very interested in this game about going up against a very good defense. What does the offense look like? Are they able to have a bit of a run path? Are they able to run the ball? If they're not, they're going to need a big game from Landry Kinney, which mm-hmm. is suddenly a bit of a, a, an intriguing point yeah. to talk about. Uh, a, a huge game. I mean, anytime basically you have any of the top like six teams in 4A Division One going at it, it's a huge deal. I think this is the game of the week. Argyle and La Vega, uh, that's Friday night. Um, Down in, in Belmead. In Belmead, in beautiful Belmead, Texas. Yeah. All right, Matt, what's your first pick? All right, I'm going to go with what I think is the most intriguing matchup in the Metroplex this week. Mm-hmm. It is Dickinson coming up from Houston, visiting Allen in a interregional matchup that we don't often see. And uh, you know, first off, kudos to Allen for finding a way to get this game scheduled. Their schedule got upgraded pretty quick uh, yeah. this year from last year. Uh, the Eagles are testing themselves uh, early and often. They, but you know what? I'll t- I'll give them credit. You know, we were wondering how Allen was going to look, and they came out and punched Cedar Hill in the face last week, jumped up 21 nothing, and then held off a couple of Cedar Hill rallies to win that game 41-28. Yeah, and, it was kind of arm's length from Yeah, that. and the story was Raylan Sharp. The first play of the game went 80 yards for a touchdown. The dual-threat quarterback um, accounted for 422 yards and four touchdowns. Um, he, he looked the part. Um, and Allen kind of defense and special teams were, were extremely solid, which is kind of their M.O., and uh, that's why they're so tough to beat at home. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Dickinson, on the other hand, 
Started out a little slow. Um, they only led uh, George Ranch 21-14 at the half, but then exploded in the second half and beat uh, the Longhorns 51-14. to um, Dickinson presents a lot of the same challenges to Allen that, that, that Cedar Hill uh, possesses. Mm-hmm. Lots of athletes, very physical, good size up front. Um, I really like quarterback Mike Welch for Dickinson. He, yeah. He's he's a guy who last year, I think at one point he had thrown like 32 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Just was, was sensational all year. He's a coach's kid. He makes good decisions. He's he's a dual threat guy. He, he can run. He can throw. Dickinson's kind of a pro style. They're not a true spread offense. They're more of a pro style mm-hmm. offense, but they've got a lot of – Dickinson's got a ton of weapons. Um, and this is one that I think they've want, they've had circled on the calendar. They 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 want nothing more to, than to beat the team to be the team to uh, end Allen's uh, long. Home John Snelson has said that. Yeah, like he wants to be the guy. Yeah. It's forty four in a row. Al- Allen is forty four and zero at, at Eagle Stadium since it was opened in twenty twelve. And um, look, I think they've got a shot. I think they've got. A sh- I mean, for it's, sure, it's hard to pick against a streak, but it's like they've got a shot. They got a punch chance because you've got a guy like Mike Welch. I will say that Allen looked good, but not impenetrable last week. Um, there, there's plays to be made. Cedar yes. Hill made plays, and I think mm-hmm. Dickinson will make plays. The key for me in this game, Dickinson can't come out like Cedar Hill and dig themselves that no. big of a hole. No, you can't. You you cannot chase against Allen. No, you got to come out and you got to jump on Allen early. The, the mo. If you look back at the teams who have beat Allen, you know Westlake, Woodlands, Duncanville, mm-hmm. the past few years, the last I think those are the last three losses that Allen's had in like the past four years. Mm-hmm. You know, boy, they're struggling. Three losses in four years. Tough oh, guys. It's a tough, tough scene. Um, all three games have a similar mo. They jumped out early on Allen mm-hmm. and held him at arm's length down the stretch. Yeah, made plays down the stretch. That's what you got to do to beat Allen, and I almost think you have to do it. Double at at Allen's place, so that, that's the key. Dickinson if Dickinson comes out and they're down fourteen nothing in the first quarter. It's over, probably over. Um, but if they come out and they're they they put it to Allen early. There's they got a chance. La Computadora um, says Allen by eleven, um, which would mean on a neutral site it's Allen by eight. Yeah, so Allen by I picked Allen by ten. In this um, game, so. so yeah, it's it's a super intriguing matchup. I think because and and you're right, it's about the first quarter. It, tell me the score at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. If it's seven seven or it's fourteen fourteen seven or fourteen fourteen, game on. Yeah. But if it's twenty one nothing Allen, it's just it's going to be another one of those games that we've seen forty four times now. Yeah. That they just jump out on them and they and they still hold them at arm's length. Great game. My second pick. Uh, hey, we're going to talk. We're talking about Katie again. Um, I'm taking Katie in a Tascasita. Here's a fun fact, Matthew. I'm looking at our computer rankings right now, which will come out Tuesday. By the time you're listening to it, it should be up. If not, here's a, here's a little here's a little, little spoiler. Little spoiler. Would you care to guess who the number one team in our six A computer rankings is? Um, I'm guessing it's going to be a Tascasita, not Katie. It is a Tascasita. Yeah. Do you know who the number two team in our computer rankings is? Katie. Katie. Yeah. This is one versus two in our computer rankings. Now look, a Tascasita drilled Katie Taylor yeah, last week. Katie Taylor was overmatched. They were overmatched. And these are two teams that have come come the come to this ranking and come to this point in different ways. Atascita did it by taking on a team that they were probably pretty clearly better than and just mowing them down yeah. relentlessly. Bryce Matthews was unbelievable at the quarterback spot. Uh, defense showed out really really good. Katie did it by narrowly beating the number one team in the state. Yeah, on the road by the way. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering. Hey, Katie, who's your running back going to be? Hmm. It is astonishing, though, 
they they went out. I I don't think they grew them on the tree, but they were able to uh, to, to to find a find a, another tree. Yeah, maybe a palmetto tree. In, I like that in in South Carolina. Yeah, and pick up uh, Ronald Hoff. Uh, the running back who went for what two oh six and a yeah. touchdown. He's kind of a bruiser. He, he is thirty two carries. He is a lot more. I would say a lot more in the vein of a Kyle Porter than he is in the vein of a DeAndre Glass. This is, I think, a a more physical running back. Yeah. DeAndre Glass is plenty physical, but he is he had more speed. Hoff's a thumper. Hoff is a thumper, and that I would say that actually makes them really interesting. When you with a team that can throw it like they can, and the because, K, that that's the thing that K, Katie throws the ball really well this year. We saw it in seven on seven. Katie's always been decent at seven on seven, but they went to the semifinals this mm-hmm. year in seven on seven. Bronson McClellan and Jordan Patrick are as lethal a combination as they've had at QB and wide receiver in a while. And look, the defense the defense was really good. Bottled up the running game. Second half, they were they pitched a shutout against North Shore. Against North Shore, bottled up the running game and said, "All right, you're gonna have to beat us through the air." And obviously, North Shore, without Shadrick Banks, was unable to do that. Um, this is a super interesting game because I think this is a big uh, it's a big prove it game for both, especially Atascacita. Yeah. Well, Tascacita probably last year that they jumped out on Katie big in this mm-hmm. game, and Katie rallied. We, when we were talking about, it, we were like, Katie's going to go zero and two, and they came back and rallied and, and beat Tascacita. Mm-hmm. I think Tascacita feels like they let that one slip away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the heart they got to go to Legacy and beat Katie, and, and that's tough. Only only North Shore's done that. Now, for the one thing I will say is that for all the for all the talk we have about um, Katie's offense, which did look good last week, they did only score twenty four points. And they're probably not built. They're they're still Katie. They're still not built to play games in the forties. That's no. not what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They don't want to play games. Twenty four twenty one is a perfect. That's, Katie that score. is a Katie score. Uh, twenty eight twenty one. Twenty eight twenty four. Uh, thirty one twenty eight at most. Yeah. Right. Every point above about thirty one, and and that is advantage Atascacita. So this is one of those games that you can remove the teams from the scoreline, and I'll be able to tell you who won. That if it's fifty one thirty five, Atascacita won this game. Yeah. But if it's you know if it's twenty eight twenty one, then it was then it was Katie. Yep. So a super intriguing matchup. Pace is huge in this it, game. Exactly. I think pace. If if Katie is able to slow this thing down and grind it out and grind out long crushing drives, they're going to win this game. Yeah. Also got to force a couple turnovers. I think this game is really interesting. The computer uh, likes Katie or Atascacita by four. Um, we'll see how that goes. Remember, that's a. I mean, I think that's a, that's a hot. I mean, because they're saying at a neutral site, Atascacita by a touchdown. So that's, right? I think that's a little rich for me. Yeah, I um, think I think right now the computer because of Atascacita is such, such a big score line in that. First wait, are you game. sure this is legacy? No, it's not a task. It's a task. Okay, okay, so sorry. it's a one point game. Right, never mind. Okay, yeah. So it's at task. I, I guess I th- for some reason I thought they played at uh, a task. No, last year. It's so at K- a Katie's okay. Yeah. Katie's opening up with two straight road games. It's at a task. Um, and I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. And I would say this. I said this on Craig's Ways Radio Show this morning, and I think I'm sticking by it. I think also. I think the winner of this is uh, assumes the chief challenger role in Region Three. Um, yeah. I think that because if Atascacita beats Katie, then suddenly, that I think that's really bad news for North Shore. If Atascacita beats Katie, yeah, I think that because right now, if you're North Shore, you can be like, ah, you know what, Katie's a super good team. They're probably the best team in that region. If Atascacita beats them, suddenly you're yeah. dealing with two teams mm-hmm. that 
on paper, at least by the transitive property, are capable of beating you. Yes. That is very dangerous. So I'm taking a Tuskegee and Katie. What's your second? All right. I'm going to go to f- down to 5A. 5A Division Two. Mm-hmm. I'm heading down to Huntsville. Ah-ha-ha, uh-huh, yes. As Port Natchez Groves at 1-0 visits Bauer Stadium to take on Huntsville at 1-0. And uh, Port Natchez Groves last week, uh, the post Rashawn Johnson era got off to a good start. They knocked off a, a good Silsby team, 48-35. Um, and you know their new quarterback Blake Bost, you know, didn't miss a beat. I don't think he's going to put up the video game numbers that Rashawn Johnson put up, but I, I think PNG's got a little bit better supporting cast around him. They have a good offensive line. They rotated in three different running backs, um, who, who all were effective. And and when Bost needed to throw the ball, he he was very efficient. So it's clear Port Natchez Groves offensively is going to be fine. Um, still have some questions about that defense, and, and that's going to be interesting because they're going up against a, a Huntsville team where if they don't score points, I, I think it's going to, they're going to be in trouble because Huntsville, that defense that Huntsville has is, is really, really good. Yeah, it's really good. They're big, and they are... Um, they're nasty. They, they play are. physical. That's exactly right. They they're, are. They they hurt you. Yes. They they force three turnovers. That they rolled past Willis 55-22. Um, forced three turnovers. I think they returned a fumble for a touchdown. Um, you know, did what they did. Most most of Willis's points came late after the game was already in doubt. The big question in this game is the status of Huntsville quarterback Matthew Southern. He left the game in the second quarter with a sprained ankle. I'm guessing in non-district with a sprained ankle, he's not going to play this week. That's probably so, um, so that's a big loss for Huntsville, and I think they're going to have to rely more on Cam- you know the running game, Cameron Myers. Um, I don't know who's going to play. They rotated two different guys in at quarterback. Um, I know one of them was Tyreek Carter, who's usually their slot receiver. He's obviously going to bring a little bit more of a running threat to the to the table at the quarterback spot. So, um, but I think uh, Coach Southern with a week to prepare, expecting that Matthew won't play this week, he'll have their quarterback ready. I think this is a really fascinating matchup and a great measuring stick in five A Division Two because I think both of these teams are, are top ten caliber teams, and a win in this game could potentially vault. I think Huntsville may already be in the top five. I mean, but th- th- we're talking in that more rarefied air if Huntsville can get that win over a PNG team, especially without quarterback Matthew Southern. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And and you know, PNG ha- we had a lot of questions coming in, a lot of questions. And if they are if they're back and they're reloaded, then you know, and especially against a Silsby team that we had very high hopes for, and. If they are reloaded again, now by the way, that's five A or four A, so don't don't go crazy. But um, if they're reloaded, that kind of reshapes the way that we're thinking down there in that region. Because um, correct me, these are they're, they're these are both Division two, right? Division two, region three. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, region three. If five A division two doesn't have a lot of depth, but region three has the depth. Yes, it does. When you've got Fort Bend Marshall, you got Manville, you got Huntsville, you got PNG, you got A and M Consolidated, you got Marshall. Uh, you know Fort Bend Marshall and Marshall. I mean that's a that's a good region. Yeah, it really is. And so to me, that's that's what's going to be interesting is that this is an opportunity for PNG to announce to the region we're back. You're going to have to deal with us at some point in the playoffs mm-hmm. because Huntsville. I think we know we're pretty sure at least yeah. and, and that they're going to have to deal with them in the playoffs at some point. So this is super interesting to me. Um, I, I like that PNG and Huntsville. All right, my third pick. Go to the Alamo City. The best game in San Antonio is the probably the best. Well, I don't know. Civil Steel were pretty good last week. Steel looked great last Steel week. Really I, think, I think Steel. I don't want to. I'm not going to say they're back, but they took a big they're step. Trending back. They're trending. Yeah, trending, trending in the right direction. Um, for now, 
let's say the best team in 6A, at least, or best San Antonio team in 6A, at least our highest ranked team in 6A, going up against, I think, pretty undisputedly the best team in 5A. Oh, the Hammer Bowl. We go into the Hammer Bowl, baby. It is San Antonio Wagner taking on Converse Judson. Um, and this game is, uh, I think people, because people, we call him San Antonio Wagner, um, but remember, they are in Judson ISD. Yeah, they're located in the city of San Antonio. They're in the San to- city of San Antonio, but these are they're in. This is an intra-school district matchup, mm-hmm. and Judson is is of course the old school team, the team that's been around forever. They are the legacy team. Wagner is the newer program, although they've been around for a hot minute. Um, and this is this is older brother versus younger brother, and. The Hammer Bowl is always fun, but it's especially fun whenever both teams are good mm-hmm. because these teams know each other. Oh, yeah. Like on a really personal level mm-hmm. because of that, because they grew up with one another. Played youth football together. They run in the same circles. They probably hang out at the mall. I mean, these kids all all know each other. Yeah, and and Wagner, we, we've mentioned Wagner is a team that, that we think is probably still the favorite in 5A Division One Region 4, mm-hmm. um, and they looked pretty Pretty good last week. They did what they should do against uh, in Laredo United. Laredo United South. No offense to them, but I expect Wagner to go to yes. go to Laredo and, and dominate and win by thirty five, which is yeah. what they did. They they, they beat Laredo uh, United South forty two seven. That um, that flexbone offense is just it's really hard to stop. Yeah. Um, and L J Butler was terrific, and more importantly, the defense showed out. Yeah. And that was the big question because if you go back to what Wagner did last year, Wagner more or less did the Mike Leach-Texas Tech approach last year, except they did it running the ball, which is, we're just going to outgun you, and yeah. we'll fig- I guess we'll figure out the defense when we need to, but yeah. like, whatever. We're just going to score 70. We're just going to score 70. You're just going to have to outscore us. And, and that worked up until the state semifinal. Uh, if the defense is starting to take a step forward, that's obviously impressive. Judson looked good. In their win over Clear Springs, it's a nice win for Judson. That's a really to nice go to win. Clear Springs, that's a good Clear Springs team, and they went out there and, and, and you know controlled things. We knew quarterback Mike Chandler was going to be a guy that to keep an eye on, but the, I would say the real revelation here was their running back, or DeAnthony Lewis, yeah. who's really good, and they had that kind of balance of run pass. Uh, we were wondering if they were going to be able to run the ball, plain and simple, because you know without guys like Sincere McCormick, without guys that you know the running game that they've had in the past couple of years, we didn't know who it was going to be. If this D'Anthony Lewis is the guy, suddenly things get really, really interesting, and I'm very interested to see what happens in this one. Um, I think this game is real... I just got done saying nice things about the uh, the Wagner defense. Uh, Laredo United South ain't Judson. No, they're, they're going to get a different test this week. Judson's going to match up with Wagner athletically, uh-huh. and that's going to be you know Wagner gets by a lot of the time just by just brute force and just intimidating intimidation and just being physically superior. They're not going to be the phys- physically superior team, and they're not going to be un- able to intimidate Judson. I think this game's real pointsy. Uh, it would not be a surprise if the winner of this game. Gets in the high forties. Yeah, it was thirty five twenty eight last year. Yeah, so I, I I think both offenses are better. Well, at the very least, Wagner is as good, and Judson, at least in one week, looks better. It looks like they are ready for prime time. So this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Again, uh, just from a rivalry perspective, it's great. I also think it's going to be very telling that you know Wagner. I don't think my mind's going to change about Wagner one way or another. They're the smaller school. Unless they just go out there and really get drilled, yeah. Um, then I don't think my opinion is going to change on them. For Judson, though, 
I think they need to go out there and win. And I think they need to go out there and they need to, they need to look good doing it. Yeah. If they do that, then suddenly I'm willing to hop on board that rocket bandwagon. Uh, big matchup down there in the San Antonio area. I think it's the best game in San Antonio this week. Uh, I like Wagner and Converse Judson. What is your third pick, Matt? All right, I'm heading to the Texas Panhandle for a rivalry game. A lot of rivalry games this week. Um, I'm picking the one in Canyon ISD yes, as Canyon at 1-0 takes on Canyon Randall at 1-0. And this is one of those deals where – you know the sport doesn't matter when when you know there this rivalry is intense in all sports across the board. Um, both teams are good in football, so that that makes it that adds a little spice to it. Um, Canyon opened the season really impressive on Thursday night last week. They blew out Amarillo Paladero fifty to seven. We had some questions at quarterback, and Jay DeFore uh, answered those questions uh, emphatically, throwing three touchdowns, running for another, and it was a game that you know really wasn't close. I mean, the Eagles, the you know the four A Eagles just just dominated Paladero in this game, and and that's one thing where Canyon, you know, Canyon's offense is going to be good, and when they have a quarterback who who can direct things. Um, you know, Coach Coach Bryant, I know, was really happy about that opener and is really excited um, about his team heading into 2019. Um, and then Randall take on six A Midland High and, and dominate 35 16. Jordan Norton had a big game, uh, and they really didn't need, need much from their quarterback Jacoby Norman. Um, he was kind of just did you know handed the ball off and wasn't really spectacular, but you know. If Norton can step in, because Jay Sean Barrow transferred to Amarillo Tascosa, his eligibility is up in the air right now. So there was a question at running back for Canyon Randall, and, and Jordan Norton um, answered those questions uh, emphatically. Rather well, yeah. Yeah, 157 yards and three touchdowns. So I, I think the difference in this game, you know, Canyon Randall unleashing Jacoby Norman. Mm-hmm. He, he looks at he was very quiet in the first game. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, I think he's going to be kind of the difference maker in this game and, and gives the gives the Raiders uh, a little bit of an athletic edge over Canyon. But I mean, it'll be a close game. Uh, Kimbrough Stadium will be rocking for this one. They'll have a big crowd out. You know, they're, re- they're remodeling the stadium, so it'll be a fun atmosphere. Um, and I like Canyon Randall uh, in a close one. I know that Randall. That was a game that I think flew under the radar was the Randall Midland High game, and I'm not here telling you Midland High is the greatest thing it's got greatest thing on God's green earth right now, but that was a team that was solid last year, decent last year, and a six A team, and a correct me if I'm wrong, a big six A team. Yeah, they like, went to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah they were six A D one, six A D one team, and Randall goes out there and kind of. Kind of dominates them. Nineteen point one. I mean, they dominated them kind of on both sides of the ball. So that kind of turns turns heads for me. Um, but you're right. This is there's a lot of this has to do with the um, with the rivalry factor. That this is a game that that these two teams both want to win. They both want to take that that pride home. Um, I'm, I'm, I think this is a, this is a fun game, fun atmosphere. Um, the game that everybody in town is going to be at, I think, uh, you know, when you talk about that kind of that greater Amarillo area, this is probably the best. Yeah, the Amarillo Tascosa is also it's it's a, it's rivalry in Amarillo. Who's Tascosa got? Amarillo High. Okay, so it's well, it's it's rivalry. We yeah, get there. Yeah, I was going to so. say. So they'll have to choose. Let's put it that way. They yeah. got two good choices, but I think Canyon Kenny Randall is an excellent choice for this. All right, my third pick. Your fourth pick. Fourth pick. Yeah. And see, I'm running out of round four. I'm running out of picks here. God bless it. All right, I'm gonna go uh, Newton and Silsby. Okay, and and I'll tell you why. Because, look, Silsby played a good five A Port Natchez Groves team last week, and they lost, and that's okay. That's fine. That's they were really competitive. They, they, didn't, competitive. Get, they didn't get blown off the field. They were. It was a close game. They were. Now 
they take on Newton. And now you're taking on a really good defending state champ in 3A. I'll be honest, if Silsby loses this game and they look bad doing it, that's going to turn off that's going to set off some sirens for yeah, me. Yeah. Um because look, you know, we we kind of whenever in the magazine there are those three teams in region 3, right? It's Jasper, it's West Orange, Stark, and it's Silsby. I think we had them in that order. Jas- no, Jasper, Silsby, West Orange, Stark was our was our order mm-hmm. in the magazine. Um West Orange, Stark by the way, went out there and eked out a win over Nederland. Yeah. Um which is a pretty solid result for them. We were a little bit, I don't want to say out on a limb by picking Silsby ahead of West Orange Stark. They did beat them last year. Yeah. But, I mean, this is, the this is I, I don't want to say that 0-2 is panic time, but if they're 0-2, I'm going to have some serious reservations about this. And by the way, Newton is certainly good enough to drop them to 0-2. Yeah. The, the offense was cruising last week. I, I'm interested to see this game from the Newton standpoint. Yeah, I I don't think how we really learned a lot. Kirbyville's overmatched. Kirbyville's not a great team at the moment. So Newton did what they should do to a, a bad team and destroyed him. I think now these this stretch for Newton, where they have Silsby, I think they have Gilmer coming up, and they have West Orange Stark kind of all in a row in the next few weeks. I think we're really going to find out just how good Newton is. Yes, last year Newton handled this stretch fairly easy. They blew Silsby away. They um. They beat Gilmer pretty handily, and then they beat West Orange Stark uh, by a couple touchdowns. So I think we're going to learn a lot about Newton in this stretch. Um, so I, I think this is fascinating for me because I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams and kind of where they stand in the pecking order uh, after this after this game. I think so. I, I am very, I'm very intrigued by this because I think, you know, again, we're talking about data points. Right now we have one data point. The data point for Newton is super encouraging. The data point for Silsby is is mildly discouraging. What does this second data point do? Does it reverse the trend that we're currently on, or does it, uh, or does it kind of set it in stone? Because if it sets it in stone, especially for the Silsby side, I'm getting a little worried. Yeah. Especially considering they will have to go through Sils- or Jasper and West Orange Stark at one point to get there. So, big game for me from just a perception standpoint as far as Silsby is concerned. I don't even need them to go out there and win. But they need to go out there and look and, and show some show some life, especially defensively, and yeah. slow down this Newton attack a little bit. Yeah. They were able, to, if I remember correctly, they were able to do it for the most part last last year. Um, I want to say it was it was a, a relatively low scoring game, if I remember correctly. I can't remember. I know Newton won pretty handily. Yeah, but. I, I want to say they won handily, but at least the defense was in it. That's my big thing. I want to see what happens there. So I've got Newton and Silsby as my third, fourth pick. What is your fourth pick? All right, I'm, st- I'm going down to the small schools, kind of stay out west. Uh, a neutral site game. That was scheduled uh, this year. These two didn't play last year. Um, this this game was scheduled because some teams dropped down to six man. Mm. Uh, Wheeler and Hamlin. How about that? Uh, over in Childress, one and zero Wheeler, one and zero Hamlin. These two played in the playoffs two years ago on Thanksgiving night, and I was at that game. I took a mascot pick with the Pied Piper. What a psychopath you are! Yeah, S- sent it to you and you and Kate Hector for the mascot pick wars. Um, the Hamlin won that. I saw that. Uh, you uh, you take you look at Hamlin. Uh, Hamlin won that game in the playoffs, by the way. And Hamlin uh, is the favorite in this matchup for sure. The, the Pied Pipers uh, took care of their their cross cross county rival Anson twenty seven to seven. Braden Warner, Jackson Cepeda did what, did what they did. You know, almost two hundred yards rushing combined. Three touchdowns. The offense wasn't as explosive as expected, but they're playing a bigger school in Anson. Mm-hmm. Did what they had to do to win. What was most impressive to me was Hamlin's defense, holding Anson to 70 yards yeah. rushing on 17 attempts. 
put the Tigers in bad bad down a distance on third down, and they were able to get after the quarterback and, and, and make plays. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Anson is tradition like typically a pretty pretty solid offensive squad. Yes, uh, Hagler, the quarterback, is yeah. a very good player. Um, and Anson's a good two A Division one team. This is this is a playoff team in two A D one, and probably a multi round, you know, at least a second round playoff team if I'm if memory serves yeah. me correctly. Uh, Wheeler played a private school, Lubbock Trinity Christian, and drilled them fifty-two to fifteen. Definitely what we should. expect. Um, this is a veteran ball club. This is this is kind of the year they think they can they can maybe take out Wellington in that district. Mm-hmm. They've got the experience back, and they've you know been in the playoffs two years in a row and in one playoff game. So um, an intriguing matchup in two A Division two Region two because mm-hmm. uh, these two are in the same region and could potentially meet in the playoffs again. So yeah, uh, intrigued to see kind of how things shake out. But um, I like Hamlin in this one, but I think it's a good uh, measuring stick game in that in that uh, pecking order in two A Division two. This region is a two. matchup of number th- in the computer rankings number three Hamlin taking on number eleven Wheeler. Um, they've got Hamlin by eleven at the, or twelve at the moment. Um, that is a game that I do think strong matchup, top yes. fifteen matchup. Yes, I agree. Um, I think that that is. I think that's that's a that's a fun matchup. That Let's hit the microphone. Oh my gosh. Um, it's it's Memorial Day. It's fine. Um, I don't know what that means. The I, that's a really interesting matchup, and, and I would say that you know if you're Wheeler, if you want to start, if you want to announce your intention to contend for the Region Two crown, here's your shot. Yeah, you knock out Hamlin, mm-hmm. everyone's going to step and pay attention, uh, especially on neutral site. That's a that's a really pretty facility if I remember correctly out there in Childress, right? Yeah, nice Fair Park State yeah. is a really nice place. Oh, yeah, nice. so it'll be fun out there. That's an excellent, excellent fourth pick. I don't love doing three big school games, but there's one yelling at me, and 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 I, I'm just gonna take it. Maybe Craig Way talked me into it, but I'm really interested in Westlake and Cy Ranch. So the Sean McAuliffe era has begun at Cy Ranch, and got to a good start. Got off to a good start, and man, they looked real Judson-y. Yeah. <laughs> like, they kind of did, right? Yeah. Uh, Offense um, had some balance to it. Um, they, they went out there and, and really, I mean, they, they kind of imposed their will on, on uh, Cinco Ranch. On Cinco Ranch. Mm-hmm. And I know Cinco Ranch is going through their own coaching change, mm-hmm. but this was a really, really impressive one. Willie Eldridge looked great. Uh, DJ Sears, they unleashed the passing game. Yes. You know, Cy Ranch has That's been an eye-based team, run the football, play action, and they, they're, they're opening up a little bit. And if they can open it up a little bit, that speaks well for their chances this year. That's exactly right. That's what's really interesting to me is that, like, McAuliffe has come in and he's kind of changed the offensive structure right now. And they're going to be a little bit more wide open, a little bit more multiple, so to speak. And that makes them really intriguing in 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 in. Region they go division they go division one right? Uh, no, they were division two last division year. Two They're region year. two. They lost to Westfield in the second right. round last year. So here you go. Yeah. If, if you you know if you want to if you want, I think they could switch to division one depending on who makes the playoffs. But, but. they you know if you want to talk about a team that can that can suddenly up and 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 find their way into a state semifinal, okay, like here's a squad that that if things keep up, that's interesting. Going up against Westlake, a team uh, also division two, and a team that. We had a lot of questions about heading into the year, specifically on the offensive side and specifically at quarterback, and we basically got none of them answered yeah, no. in their win over Belton. Because they played all three of them. They played all three of them. I understand that, from what I understand, this is the insider information told me for, 14th hand, so grain of salt, but the sophomore is the guy that, that they think is going to be the guy. And that guy is, as you look at Live you, coverage of Gray Tepper. looking up you know. his name... Because that is important. Hold on one second. We're going to find it. The they soft- played all three of them in seven. The sophomore Klubnik. 
uh, Cade Klubnik, who his brother Reed played for Westlake as well. Um, they combined to go 34-48 for 410 yards and five touchdowns. In Pretty their, efficient. In their win over Belton. Throttled yeah. Belton. But more importantly, the defense looked as advertised. We knew Westlake's defense was probably going to be pretty good. It looked great in week they one. dominated. Looked really good. Yep. Uh, it sounds like they would prefer... Um, the guy who got the majority of the snaps was the senior, Kirkland Mitchell. Michaud, yeah. Uh, but Drew Willoughby got a fair amount of snaps, and then, uh, but but from what I get, they want Cade Klubnik, the sophomore, to be the guy. That's only again fourteenth hand. I don't know if that's true, but that's just what I've heard. That's Todd Dodge calling yourself. That's on exactly now. right. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very interested to see get another data point on both these teams. Tonight it's another one of those cross regional matchups. You know, Houston versus Austin. These are you know again. I think we can kind of get an idea of where these two teams. Uh, Rank in the pecking order um, in the big picture early on in the year. Last year, you know, you, what Ranch came to Westlake and was down, I think, twenty-one nothing in the third quarter, and came back and won and stunned Westlake and won that game. So I'm sure Westlake would uh, like to take a chunk out of Cy Ranch after that. In the computer rankings, is number four Westlake going up against number thirty-one Cy Ranch? The computer was less impressed by their win over Cinco Ranch than we were. Um, right now, they've got they've got Westlake by fifteen. That's a little rich for me. I think this game on the road. I wow. want to see. I want to see what this new look Cy Ranch offense does against what we believe is a legit, very good Westlake defense. That's going to be very interesting to me. So that is my fifth pick, Westlake and right. Ranch. My final pick, I am headed down to South Texas for the Polish Bowl. Ah, ha, ha. Fall City and Poth. Um, Poth, a little, little worried. Uh, they had high hopes for the Pirates. They won the state 7-on-7 seven seven crown last year. This past summer, had a lot back on offense. And they got shut down last week, losing 16-12 to to the Rohawks. Mm-hmm. Of Universal City Randolph, I believe that's David Smokes' alum, alma mater. Good win for um, him, by the way. Randolph is uh, located on the Air Force Base there in San Antonio. So, uh, nice win for Randolph. They're usually a solid team, but you would think Poth, um, with what they had coming back, would be able to win that game and at least score more than twelve points. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need to be better this week because they're going up against Fall City team that is loaded. We think is a contender in two A Division two and looked the part. Shutting out three rivers, thirty to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady Lisey uh, is as advertised. He Legit. leads a dynamic offense, and where Fall City is really good this year is in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that you know, usually when when a, when a two A plays a three A, the edge in the trenches usually is with the three A program. But in this case, I think both both is more skill position dominated, whereas Fall City is much better in the trenches. So. Um, I think if if Post's going to win this game, they're going to have to up the tempo and, and throw the ball around and make plays in the passing game and uh, hope they can get a couple of stops against that Fall City offense. Because if not, if Fall City just kind of grinds them down in the fourth quarter, they're they're going to pull away and win this game. So, yeah. um, really intrigued by it. I mean, it'd be disappointing if Post uh, starts zero and two, but they're up against it uh, in the uh, the Polish Bowl mm. against Fall City. That's a that's a great name for a rivalry game. It too. really it really is. I'm I'm very excited about that. I think that that's I think you're right. Those are. This will be a a, a, a physical game. This will be a, it's game. a rivalry against nasty. Everyone, they, they, they know each other, and even just the style that they both play. That they are they are both going to knock lumps out of each other. So I am. I think that's an excellent pick. Uh, so your uh, let's see. I'll write that down. Falls City and Poth. So Step uh, picked Dickinson Allen, Port Natchez Groves, Huntsville Canyon and Canyon versus Canyon Randall. Wheeler and Hamlin and Fall City versus Poth. I have Argyle, La Vega, Acadia, Tuscadero, Wagner, Judson, Newton, Silsby, and Westlake, Cy Ranch. And here with your hipster game of the week All right. is Matt Stepp. 
All right. So my hipster picks looked good in week one. Yeah, you did good. Really I'm nice. picking one of my hipster picks this week. Mm-hmm. As Denton Braswell mm-hmm. at 1-0, fresh off a stunning domination of Red Oak uh, on Thursday night to open the season. They're visiting the 1-0 Burleson Elks, who also had a very surprising win. Burleson, Burleson went down to Copper's Cove and beat the Bulldogs 31-28. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a real measuring stick game in 5A Division II, Region II, um, to see where these two teams stand. Um, I think Denton Braswell, I picked them to make the playoffs this year. They're, they're my hipster pick in 5A Division II, Region II. And uh, I'm intrigued to see them head down I-35 to uh, south of Fort Worth, take on a Burleson team that – I was really, I mean, honestly, I thought Copper's Cove would drill Burleson. I thought that was a fair um, chance. And for Burleson not only to win that game, but to win it on the road is very impressive. So they're obviously a, a team to keep an eye on. So I want to see if that was a one hit wonder from Braswell or if they can keep it up and uh, keep this momentum going. Interesting. Um, yeah, Braswell is, um, you know, uh, there was some stupid Facebook comment. And yeah, I'm kind of comfortable saying that. But they were like, uh, with your hipster picks, you're like, oh, we always overrate. Denton Geyer and Denton Ryan, why not do it for Denton Braswell, too? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of talent up there. A lot of talent, good coaches. I mean, good. I mean, Denton Braswell, if, I mean, a hipster pick is not over. I'm not, we're not picking Denton Braswell yeah, to, to win, win a state, state title. Champion. I'm picking him to finish fourth, people. I mean, we're not like, I mean, let's pump the brakes just a little bit here. But this is a team that has a lot of experience back and had a 10-0 JV team. They've been been playing varsity football. This is their fourth year. Mm-hmm. Those seniors have been in the system all four years. This is their time. And I, I think they have a chance to really make a big leap forward. And, and they drilled Red Oak. And Red Oak was 9-2 and two last year. Yeah. They weren't playing Red Oak, was, Red Oak was a team that we were that when we did our preseason pick, I said, I think that they've got a really – I think they're a sleeper. They were yeah. my sleeper. Um, yeah, that was really impressive. So, yeah, I think that both these teams – Good good week one. Who can follow that up? The, exactly. The hype train's going to get going mm-hmm. for one of these teams after this week. That's what's going to be interesting. I like that pick. I'm going to be a small school guy. I'm going to be a two-way guy. Let's go. I want to make sure I get this right. I do this all over. Live coverage of Tepper looking up his hipster game. Let's go to Tiger Stadium in Bremont, Texas. Uh, remember Bremont? Speaking of the Faith Brothers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I brought that up. Rashad Paul, his is his name ever allowed to be oh uttered god. in the household? Oh my god! I was like, because we were, I was talking with with um, Aaron Faith about that, and I was like, man, like your your dad, because because the other thing, his dad, he coached against um, Rashad twice, right? Yeah, Rashad sophomore junior year, sophomore junior year, coached against him twice, and then uh, he had been to another game, and that's when he ran into Trail and Shed's Cayuga team, mm-hmm. and and so it's like, man, this dude cannot catch a break. Did he faith can? Anyway, Bremont's been down a couple of years, right? Last year five and six, not up to their standard. Um, they come out last week, and I thought got a really really nice win. Um, an important win, a, a good first step for them. Uh, they get a win last week over Norman G forty to twenty eight. Jeff Kazow or not Jeff Kazowski, Seth Kazowski. Yep, Jeff Son. Yeah, Jeff Son. Look pretty good. They got another Wilganowski. They got all. They got all. They're playing the hits. Okay, they're yeah. playing the hits in Bremont. Taking on a Thorndale team that I think you could classify as a sleeper. Last year they go nine and two. Uh, they bring back a, a fair amount of that slot T offense. They thumped Florence they, last week. Drilled them. The 64, 64 to 6. Yeah. 64 to nothing, yeah. I think. Uh, I've got that. Hold on. I can tell you. No, I can't. I lost it. Anyway, they drilled Florence. They it, drilled it, was, Florence. it was lopsided. They, it was very bad. It was not It was not close. So, I want to see 
what happens, I think, when both teams run into a team that's more into their own weight class. Six that, six, I agree, right? yeah. In, more, in their weight class. This is D1 Thorndale against D2 Bremont. If Bremont's truly back, this is a time to show it, that they're going to dial it up and, and come out there and, and get a win against a, a, a defense or an offense that's hard to game plan for with the slot T. Mm-hmm. Jagger Rubio is kind of the running back for this, uh, for this uh, uh, Thorndale team. I've got high hopes for Thorndale. I think this could be a real breakout year uh, for them. But to me, I want to see what Bremont is able to do defensively. And then, can they let... Seth uh, uh, Seth Kozowski loose. Can they get something going offensively? Can they get get cooking? Uh, because look, pedigree matters, and and in two A Division two, they've got pedigree. Can they? And they come from Region four, by the way. Mm-hmm. Which you know, you have to go through Fall City. Go through Fall City. They can. They can. For me, at least, put themselves on the radar as a contender in Region 4 if they could go and beat Thorndale. Absolutely. Very interested in this one. This is a game that I think is off a lot of people's radar. Thorndale and. Fremont. So that's my hipster game of the week. Matt Stepp, uh, what is your schedule? Are you doing five games this week? Yes. You're a psychopath. I got five games this week. So, um, well, really four and a half, uh, and I'll explain. So uh, Thursday night, I am headed out to Abilene. We'll see if the Swag Wagon and the crew is heading out there with me. Um, as Midland Lee, fresh off a dominating win over Smithson Valley, takes on Abilene High, who lost to Tascosa, but was was – Right in the game at the end. So, okay. um, mentally at Abilene. Okay. Thursday night shot well. That'll be okay. fun. That'll be fun. Abilene looked apart. Abilene looked good. Yeah. Against Tesco. They lost by four, but they were right in it. They were in it. They were. They were. They were in it into the last. In the good, last possession. Good matchup. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on. All right. We're on the premium podcast. I'm gonna trust tree. 12, 12.36 a.m. Saturday. So I'm on scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Clint Hartman slides into my DMs. Mm. Quote as he as he's apt to do. Quote, the reps are back. Yes. Quote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He is very excited about his team, and guess what? They they look the part. Yeah. He should be. I, I think they're I think they're really interesting. Uh, we will find out if the reps are back. Yeah, uh, if they go out there and they if they thump Abilene. Now that I think Abilene's, you know, I've got I've got I, we we thought Abilene was going to give them a run. They did. Abilene's very clearly not lunch meat. If if. If they can, if Lee can go out there and thump Abilene, that'd be a really impressive. Yeah, back to back wins, Smithson Valley and Abilene will do it. Uh, Friday night, I'm going to go visit our boy JJ Resendez at Crowley ah, as yes. Mansfield Legacy uh, visits the Crowley Eagles. So uh, interested to see uh, Crowley match up against the Legacy team that, that took it on the chin last week against Jinx, I believe. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's a bigger school there so um and then saturday triple header triple header so game one at cotton bowl 10 30 a.m denton guyer and cedar hill i mean come on that speaks for itself right there saucy yeah extremely saucy uh, then i'm gonna stay for the first half of arlington Bowie in mansfield um, uh Bowie got a nice win, win right beat five mile marcus yeah, nice really win for nice Bowie. One. so i'll stay for the first half of that and then i will head out and make my way east to Tatum. Oh, really? For a Saturday night game as Dangerfield visits Tatum for a Saturday night East Texas special. Did you hear about that, that Dangerfield Gunner game? Uh, I know Gunner won by a point. They went for two. They scored, went for two, and got yeah. it. So, uh, 22 uh, 21. Very impressive win for Gunner, oh, by yeah, the way, in, really in Dangerfield. In Dangerfield. Um, defense showed out. 22 21 is, that's very encouraging from a defensive perspective for Gunner. Um, 
I am, and we, that another kind of inside the look at our rankings and stuff, I looked at that and I was like, all right, I bumped Gunner ahead of East Bernard because that's a really impressive win. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think I only bumped Dangerfield down one spot because yeah. I was like, you know, that's, you guys are both legit. I think that's what should happen if our rankings are right. Yes. That they should be very, very close games between two teams, and, and it was. So, so Dangerfield's going to visit Tatum. Bigger, Tatum's a little bit bigger school. Uh, Tatum's, oh, Tatum lost to center last week, so uh, yeah. which center's a 4A Division two. So Tatum played a bigger school and lost. I'm playing a little bit smaller school, so we'll see uh, who wins. But it's a good chance we got to East Texas. Saturday night game uh, ought to be fun uh, in the Piney Woods. I will be back in studio, back in, in the studio friendly Friday confines yeah. of studio. So I will be uh, monitoring all the action. Ford Player of the Week show Friday morning, and then so Saturday, for Friday. you folks in Abilene, if uh, we, we will we will let you guys know if the swag wagon is coming out there, if uh, Max and Ish and myself will be out there, or if it'll just be me solo. Either way, come say hi. Uh, we love love visiting our friends in the big country, so uh, we're looking forward to uh, the Thursday night game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Football's upon us. It is. We are officially into the season, and uh, I, for one, um, like the, traveling around was fun for football days, but man, I couldn't do it. Every, I like I, it's like the the grind, like the 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 miles on the odometer are just like that's just so much. Yeah, like, it's especially tough. to go from. Because there's no good way. We were to get doing TV and, and stuff yeah. too. Like me, I, me, I mean, I put miles, but I'm I'm going to the game and I'm going back to the hotel. Yeah, and you're sitting. You're yeah, sitting. Exactly. Yeah, so it's a little different. So uh, you, you, I was you, fried on Saturday, dude. Yeah. I was so I was like I was my, I was brain dead. So in any case, that is our week two preview. Lots of great content on TexasFootball.com. A lot of good stuff. The state rankings are released. Uh, Ten thoughts are posted. Jay Plotkin's po- column is up. I really like that. Yeah. I really like that column. I think it was a su- I think Max came up with that. That's yeah. a super good idea. Or no, I think Jay came up with it. Um, a really good idea of like basically what were we right about and what were we wrong about. And I think that we don't do enough of that. And so that's really fun. Uh, computer rankings will go up Tuesday. I'm going to start also start writing kind of a an explainer piece on that saying, here's what catches my eye when I look at the computer rankings. Mm-hmm. Here's who went up, here's who went down, here's what we're looking at, blah blah. blah. Um, and a couple then, of coaches. I think uh, I sent Max a couple of coaches. I interviewed uh, Joe McBride from McKinney Boyd yeah. and Brad LaPlante from Hutto. So we'll have a couple of coaches' interviews up this week. Lot, lots of content on the website. A lot of content. So get to TexasFootball.com. But, of course, you're listening to this podcast, so you probably already know that. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very much. And, Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye.